You're listening to the You Don't Know Me Yet Podcast Network. Holly Cotton here, and today I am joined by Jerome D. Love. And Jerome is the founder and CEO of the Texas Black Expo, which we're going to get into today because that's really, really a big event. He's a serial entrepreneur, a philanthropist, an author, a speaker, and a whole bunch of more stuff. (laughs) So it's so nice to have you on the show, Jerome. Well, it's an honor to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yes, yes. So uh, first, when I was reading, because I always go stalk my guests for a little while just to see, do we have any mutual connection? So the very first thing I see is from a small Louisiana farm town. So as a Louisiana girl, I wanted to know, what what is where are you from in Louisiana? You probably never heard of it, uh, but uh, it's a place called Lake Providence, Louisiana. You ever heard of that? I have. Okay. All right. So that's Northern Louisiana. Where are you from? I'm from Southern Louisiana. So I'm from Homa. Homa. Okay. Yeah. I've heard of Homa. Okay. Yeah. You grew up there or you just, uh, okay. Your whole life. Okay. All right. See, I left when I was in fourth grade. So uh, my sister was there until she was in high school, but I was the youngest. So uh, I left when I was in fourth grade. Yes. No, I served the whole 17 years <laughs> until I went to college and, and, yeah. but I never went back. I never, nothing against my hometown, but okay. I think it's like, I, I think that that's also a key probably to your success is people don't realize getting out of those small communities and going out and venturing out, being exposed to other things, you kind of just get segmented into all I know is this small country town. So I think that's also probably a, a contributor of your success that you did get out uh, and, and spread your wings and, and all of that. So, okay. So what I wanted to talk about first is I know that you have this huge event coming on. If you guys follow him on social media, he posts about it constantly. It's a, it's a big thing. It's here in Houston, correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so tell us about one, what the Texas Black Expo is, and then give us some insight on what the event is that's coming up. Okay, so the Texas Black Expo, we're a nonprofit 501c3 organization, and our mission is to advance um, economic equality and enhance the quality of life for underserved communities. And our primary methodology is through entrepreneurial development as well as wealth development. So end of the day, we believe that economic prosperity creates awesome communities. And uh, when you look at any of the negative disparities that face an underserved community, whether that be uh, disproportionate prison populations, health disparities, high school dropouts, teenage, whatever you want to name, The number one commonality is money. When you don't have money, you're more likely to commit a crime. You're more likely to end up in prison. When you don't have money, you're less likely to have health insurance. So you're not getting those regular checkups. So you die at a disproportionate rate of preventable diseases. So everything we do revolves around putting money in the pockets of individuals from underserved communities. And our belief is also that we should not be sitting back and waiting for someone else to come change and develop our communities. We have to have the economic power to do it on our own. So that's the core of what we do. 
some of the programs we do is our boost consulting. So if you go to the Texas Black Expo website, you're a small business owner, you can meet with some of our counselors for free. We have attorneys, we have PR people, marketing experts, you name it, that you can consult with for an hour and they can help you with your business for free. We have our Aspire Youth Entrepreneur Summer Camp. So it's a uh, two-week summer camp for kids where we teach them the basics of entrepreneurship and wealth management. Uh, once again, to give them a leg up on their development should they decide to become an entrepreneur. And if they don't, at least they know how to manage their money. Um, so those are just a few of the programs. Our signature one, we kind of got put on the national map, if you will, was during COVID. We created a program called We All Eat where we provided 714,000 meals to individuals in need, and uh, we used restaurants to do it. So it was an economic stimulus for the small business restaurants, but it was a, it was a lifeline for uh, hundreds of thousands of people uh, during COVID-19. Um, and so that, that's who we are and what we do. Now, the big event that you talked about is what we call our summer celebration trade show. And I like the way you asked that question. Because so many people, so many times when people say, here, Texas Black Expo, they say, when is it? And I have to say, well, it's not a when is it. it, it we are an organization. Now, the event you're talking about is our summer celebration trade show. So that's a three-day weekend that's designed to empower our community, um, to provide an opportunity for business owners to promote their products and services. 20,000 some people, one place, one weekend. You can sell your products for those in the community that's looking to advance economically. We have sessions like our game day uh, real estate investment session. It's a whole boot camp on how to get into the real estate game. We're bringing together banks. We're bringing together folk that have invested in real estate, like myself, that's going to be teaching and training people how to invest in real estate. Uh, got the business of hip hop with Mad Hatter, Kiati, Lil Kiki, and they're going to talk about how they took their, their their fame and their brand from being just this hip-hop icon to the various types of businesses and things that they're in now. And then, of course, our corporate luncheon is on Friday, May 19th, and this is our 20-year celebration. I think I said that. And uh, we're celebrating with Irvin Magic Johnson. So we have uh, a luncheon at the Marriott Marquis. We got tickets to the luncheon. We got a table, you know, if people want to come out. Uh, so it's going to be a fun time. Um, so much more that I can say that we're going to be doing. Uh, we have a the Dear Wifey podcast, if y'all familiar. Dear Future Wifey. I, I did a live with Latarius last weekend. I kept saying Dear Wifey, and he said, no, it's not Dear Wifey, it's Dear Future Wifey. So they're going to be there. Um, I mean, we got so much stuff going on. I can't even remember it all right now, but all the information is available at tbesummercelebration.com. Well, if that's too hard to remember, just go to texasblackexpo.com. Okay, okay. So, one, that's why you post about it every day or whatever, yeah. multiple posts, because there's so many entities to it. So, that's really, really cool. And what I wanted to ask you whenever you were talking about it, because I know a lot of times people would... What I like to use my show for is a platform for people to know that something is a thing and be exposed to people doing doing the thing that we didn't even know was possible to have. So I know you said that you are a serial entrepreneur. You're also into real estate. So tell me about the 
thought process of how you took all of these things that you were doing and in your mind and said, you know what? I think I'm going to do something called Texas Black Expo. Like, how did you transition <laughs> in the day that you decided that this was going to become a thing? Well, uh, I don't know how to answer that question. So Black <laughs> Expo is a little bit different than my other businesses and at the direction I was going to go and answer that. But then you took me on a little turn there. But so <laughs> let me just say this. I think one of the biggest things that's a problem for most people aspiring to be business in business, they want to know everything and they want to have everything up front. Um, basically, my experience has been a journey of tenacity, perseverance, and figuring it out. Um, no business that I have right now that I come up with a plan and everything went from here to here to here to here to here, and then now I'm here. It's right. a process of being here, going here, going there, there, then back here, then back over here, here. And then you say, oh, I'm finally there. And then you're back here. And it's just a, it's just a process of being persistent. So now to specifically answer the question of how did I get into Black Expo? I was raised country town. My daddy was a farmer um, in the 80s. There was a drought went bankrupt. So as a farmer, you are an entrepreneur, you know, you farm the land, you grow the, the wheat and uh, cotton, and then you sell it. And we had cows and pigs and all that type of stuff. Uh, but in the 80s, when there was a drought, no money, uh, lost everything, bankruptcy, he went back in the military. And then I think, I never really asked him this, but I think I'm pretty, I, I'm pretty comfortable in saying that this is true. He then kind of said, you know, this entrepreneurship is for the birds. I'd rather <laughs> just work a job, go in from seven to four or seven to five. He was an aircraft mechanic and I get my check. I got my benefits. I got my Social Security. So he raised me from the perspective of he just said, get an education, get a good job. So that was my thought process. I went to college, did an internship. And I said, man, this is not my idea of a good job. And this can't be what God created me to do. Work from seven to seven just to make a little money to pay some bills and then have to do it all over again. So that started me on my entrepreneurial journey. So I started a clothing line called Gugogs. Gugog stands for get up, get out and get something. Started going well. I'm a visionary. So I'm trying to walk before I was crawling. Did the largest apparel show in the world called the Magic Show in Vegas. Lost a bunch of money, started doing real estate full time. Then when I decided I was going to move from Austin to Houston, because I lived in Austin at the time, uh, the last show that I did promoting my clothing line was the Dallas Black Expo. And they were saying it was the first Dallas Black Expo. And I was surprised. I said, I'm, uh, I'm surprised that a city of this size has never had a Black Expo. So with that said, I said, I wonder if Houston has one. Found out they didn't. The rest is history. So that's how I started the Black Expo. We transformed it in 2011, I think, when I went to the Indiana Black Expo, understanding that I hadn't really scratched the surface of what we could accomplish here. It was just a weekend event. I saw what they were doing with Indiana. Indiana's was the largest in the country, 78 million annual economic impact. So then we changed from a for-profit to a non-profit and then started with more of the programming aspects of what we do. And that's also probably why a lot of people 
think of it just as an event because that's the way we started mm -hmm. and that's the way we've promoted it for so many years. And also that's the most visible and most exciting for most people part of it. Who yeah, I come at this hit. Who's gonna be at the concert? Oh, you got Magic Johnson. But nobody sees when we're giving out grants or doing a camp for kids and uh grants for Hur Hurricane Harvey recipients, the food with the We All Eat program. Nobody that's not as visible as being on stage with Magic Johnson or doing concerts with Frankie Beverly and things of that nature, you know. Mm, that is a good point. Yeah. And I think that's just society in general. No one wants to see the 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 boring day to day stuff. They only want the action for everything. Like you yeah. said, it's even even with the whole entrepreneurial part, they just want to go from here to here. So it's almost the same thing. Instant gratification. They don't yeah. want to be a part of that day to day until they need something. Uh, which is what I'm going to, my next question is for you. So I know as you being an entrepreneur, doing all of these different faucets, what is the most common question that you get asked about or like the most common piece of advice that you you give whenever people are coming to you to ask you about entrepreneurial advice? Uh, well, I will just say pretty much what I've already said. Keep going and figure it out. That I can't give you this specific question, but the question always kind of revolves around. Like I did a, one of our booths consultations yesterday. Just so happened it was a guy in real estate and it was a guy that wanted to invest in real estate. And that's what I do. That's my bread and butter. Um, so in essence, the question was something like, well, what's the best path to do this? Da, 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 da. And I said, man, ultimately what you're asking me is how do I build my wealth in real estate and not ever lose no money and never be stressed out. And I say, that's just not the reality. The reality is get in there, figure it out, hustle and be determined. You know, uh, I had a house one time uh, I bought uh, for how much did I buy the house? $24,000. It was at the, it was listed at the auction. And uh, you know, I went and I bid, nobody else bid. I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm about to win. Cause I had seen it. It only needed about $10,000 worth of work. So you multiply 10,000 plus 24, that's $34,000. I bought a brand new house for. So I'm just thinking I'm winning. Oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm just about to ball out. And I go to the house, like the way the auction works, it's on uh, the first Tuesday of every month. Now. So you, sometimes you can get in the house and sometimes you can't. So I went and prospected it on that Saturday. I looked at it, went to the auction, bid on it. Drove straight from the auction there. Somebody set it on fire the day before. So uh, now the house that I thought I was going to spend, you know, $10,000 on, I ended up having to spend $60,000 on. So now that taught me a lot of things, though. It taught me one, now I build houses. Now I do re remodeling for other people. So instead of just doing a little cute, fix the windows, do the rug, mm -hmm. some siding, some painting, I had to frame the whole doggone house. I had to do all the electrical. I had to do all the plumbing. I had to do all the groundwork. So that taught me how to build houses. Uh, it also, one of the biggest things that it taught me was, well, let me say, it helped me to develop my team. Now I had to have a frame. I had to have an electrician. I had to have a plumber. Now I know what the cost structure is. So now when someone says, hey, can you do this floor? I can say, yeah, I got a crew that can do the floors. I got somebody can do my framing and this, that, and the other. So uh, I bought a house last Monday, 13000 You know, if, you know, that house, 
uh, probably about 20,000 in work, same numbers, beautiful house. I'll probably be able to rent for about 17, 1800 a month. Now that's a slam dunk. Now I've been doing this for 12 years, you know, <laughs> and we want every single one to be that slam dunk. But the reality is it's like the stock market. We want to put money in it and just see it go up. That's not the way it happens. Most times it's going to go down then up and down, down, down. And you're going to lose money on 10 investments, but then win big on the 11. And that kind of compensates for the losses that you've taken on the other ones. So I don't know if that fully answered the question, but the, they, people always ask me stuff just based upon it. Ultimately, I don't want to never lose nothing. What's the right answer? And my, my, my response is there is no right answer. You have to get in there. You have to hustle. You got to figure it out. And what worked for me may not work for you. Because my motivations were different from you. My motivation when I got in, this is what I told a guy yesterday in real estate. I've been in business for myself since I was 19. I never had a real job. So I always was trying to figure it out where I'm going to get some money from. Blah, blah, blah. So my main thing, I don't flip. You know, why would I flip? You know, I, I don't, I'm just not in a type for money like that where I need to buy a house for 50 and sell it for 70. And then I got $20,000. And then now I got to figure out what I'm going to do with it. What I told him, I say I would rather keep, you know, I, this is what I told him. I said, I don't want to see my money in the bank because my house is my bank. If I sell that house, take that 20000 put it in the bank, I'm going to look at it and every month it's going to be $20,000. But if I keep it in the bank, my house, I'm going to get $1,200 a month, $1,500 a month. Now, if you can show me a bank account that will give you $1,500 a month for $20,000, you let me know and I'll put it in there. But until then, I'm going to keep my rental houses. I don't need to flip it, you know, but that's me. And that's my philosophy based upon my background and my experience. But everybody's experience and needs and goals are different. Well, I'm glad that you you shared because, again, like I said, I like people to know that something is a thing. And sometimes you don't know a thing is a thing until you hear that someone else is doing it. So thank you for sharing that. Because if, like you said, if people have that thought process of I have to get a house and flip it, and then you gave the whole analogy with the bank and the flipping and getting the, the monthly um, uh, return from that. And that's something that a lot of people probably don't even think of whenever they're thinking real estate. Like you said, the first thing they want to do is I need to buy this so I can flip it so I can get this money. They're not thinking about the retention. So thank you for that free advice, Jerome. No problem. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> so that also leads me to a question. I actually wrote, was, uh, was writing down something I wanted to ask you about, about a team when you talked about how you have a team of, of people that are actually for the, the, the home section. But I wanted to ask about a team because I always kind of, not always, but I, I often use this analogy about being a wheel and how it's how whenever you're on a unicycle, you're not going to go as far as when you have four wheels, when you everyone is going this way and, and, and finding people that are aligned with you and you guys are all going in the same direction. So I know when you're talking about the Texas Black Expo, it's not just you by yourself that's doing this. It was a uh, it's a team of people that are helping. So how did you find 
people that aligned with your mindset of what you wanted this to be and bringing them in? How do you know you're bringing in the right people? How did you develop a team that all wanted to move in the same direction and have the same results that you guys have now with the expo? Well, uh, I'll answer that kind of similarly to the, I asked the other one. There's no such thing as having all everybody with the same mindset and trying to go in the same direction. That's just not going to happen. Uh, but I think, um, how did I develop my team? Well, my, one of my most important and significant team members is Dr. Shannon Williams. She actually went to my church and she had gotten her PhD in entrepreneurship. And she's a, a tad bit older than me. Don't tell her I said that. But uh, she had, she had uh, gotten, I, I had just graduated from UT and she had been out a few years. And uh, my pastor actually said, some of y'all trying to start a business, y'all need to go talk to Shannon because she she knows what she's doing. And of course me, I'm, I'm always wanting to follow up. So next thing you know, she worked at the church time. I knocked on the door. Hey, Shannon, I got this idea. I'm going to do this, that, and the other. And uh, she was, oh, okay, great. Da, da, da. So bottom line, she's been my backbone since day one. Um, so I, I guess you could say I got lucky on that one. Uh, but then the others, it was just over a process of time. My, um, I got two other, I would say, right and left hands. Um, my operations manager who came to me from uh, a sound and AV company that I was using. And as we started growing and we started doing shows and George Clinton and Confunction and all that type of stuff, I guess he could see some of my shortcomings when we would deal with him and ordering the equipment and, da -da 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 and some of our systems. He said, I have a guy, I think he will be good for you. And they referred me to him and we just clicked. Um, and he's been down with me ever since. Um, he handles his business and da da da. The other young lady actually goes to my church as well. And she too, she was just kind of around and she used to always, Hey, Jerome, I like what you're doing. You need any help? And she would come out and then she would volunteer and she would do good stuff. And, and I'd be like, Hey, what do you want anything you need? Well, you know, a sister always could use a little money, but you know, I just want to see your success. And so she spent that to being now my full time, uh, pretty much director of programs and everything else. So, um, so that's kind of how that happened. Same thing with my PR person. Uh, we connected. She actually was working for a TV station at the time. And I want to say I was on, it might've been Fox. They used to have a show called the black voice. And I think I was on there and she was the person who kind of dealt with me. And, um, I guess she just saw something in me. Um, so she would call me, Hey, Jerome, I got an idea. And she, she's the type of person who always got ideas and I like ideas. So we actually produced the TV show together. It, it was called biz story. Like instead of history, biz, B I Z story, biz story. And we were profiling different entrepreneurs and businesses and uh, that never really took off, but we just kind of stayed in touch. And then when she went into PR full time, um, I brought her on and now she's doing my PR. So that's kind of how those teams evolved. Now, my real estate was kind of the same. You know, I had a guy that did a little plumbing here and the electrical here. But as I began to grow and get more advanced, and when I really started building houses, then you start realizing 
some of your shortcomings and some of the folk that you were dealing with before, because a lot of times the work you're doing isn't necessarily as permanent like it is when you're doing new construction. So now you know what the expectations are and you just kind of develop over the years. But the most important thing I would say is um, as an entrepreneur, just understand that you're the leader, you have the vision, everybody else isn't going to have the vision. And um, there is never uh, a person or very rarely do I think there's going to be a person that's going to think exactly the way you think. That's just the reality. So that means that there's going to be some conflict and you got to find people that can deal with you, your personality, your temperament and, and follow your lead, you know, cause that's ultimately what it boils down to. If you're going to be a part of this organization, this may sound dictatorship or whatever, but you're going to have to do it the way I want it done. You know, now any good leader is going to listen to his team because any good leader only wants the best for his organization. And he understands that what's best for the organization doesn't necessarily come from him. So I'm always asking people for advice. I'm also very conscious of my strengths and weaknesses. So for instance, a lot of the social media stuff that you talk about, that's not necessarily always me. I'm not necessarily, I don't, I, if you hear me post and you hear a 90s song or some, uh, some UGK or some A-Ball and MJG, you know that I posted that. But if you hear some, I don't know, Drake or Lil Baby or, or any of these types of folk, you know that I didn't do that, you know, or any of these, you know, that's not me. I have people who do that. So um, I have, uh, I, I know how to stay in my lane, you know. I come up with the big picture. I drive it. I sell it and then I turn it over to my people to kind of refine it. So I think every visionary has to have the vision, but then they have to have people that can refine it. I'm not necessarily the most detailed person either. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, once again, I come up with the picture and then the people come in, okay, we got to have somebody do this. Somebody got to do that. Da, 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 da. And you just got to have those people. And God has just blessed me with a, a phenomenal team and it, it's, it's worked. That is a very good answer, Jerome. That was some good advice, too. I definitely want to make sure when I do a little promo clip of the the this episode that I add some of the, your words of wisdom, because that was very insightful. And so I wanted to ask you this earlier, and I forgot. How do you find the guest to to be at the expo like how do you how do you find like you said you have the musical acts and you have um you know the the speakers how do you or is that the team that decides that also but do you have an input in it like you know what i think that so and so is doing this and i think that they could bring this to the texas black expo so i want to have them is that you or is that the team getting the guests uh how do i say sometimes it's me most times it's kind of a team effort some things i'll turn over so for instance i knew i wanted magic johnson i mean i've been wanting magic johnson for years i remember the first time i priced him was like in 2008 he was fifty thousand dollars i was like oh man oh if i could ever get to that level you know uh uh, but bottom line i knew i wanted magic johnson because of what he stands for he's a he's a, a he's the epitome of a successful businessman 
And he built most of his wealth by working in our communities, theaters and gyms and, you know, in our in our community, Starbucks, in our community. So I felt like he represented everything that Black Expo stands for. And I and I, I don't know fully, but I'm sure he's changed the lives of millions of people, hundreds of thousands of people along the way in terms of people he's employed, giving contracts to and put on. So I knew I wanted him. Um, but I, we, we had others and people gave suggestions. But when it boiled down to it, that's what we got. Concerts. Um, I typically will have a uh, mindset of what I want to, uh, but I had to start realizing too that, okay, stuff is changing. You know, I've been doing this 20 years. So the old school stuff that was old school when I started ain't old school no more. The stuff I grew up listening to is now old school. So the Jodices, the one twelves and uh, uh let's not that, that ain't old school that's you know, classic yeah classic so <laughs> but so some of those things i've i've hired a promoter like amp harris amp harris is the promoter for the indiana black expo he did our shows for many 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 years um so most of the times i'll call him i have other promoters that i work with i just give them a call and say hey this is the show we're trying to do this is the budget now uh this year once again, I kind of came up with the vision. Okay, during COVID, I started a beverage company and I did a virtual summit and I began to understand the power of kind of social medias and influencers and I started doing all that type of stuff. So with the expo, I said, oh, and then we started the Black Money Tree podcast last year. And what we're, that we're basically trying to build our uh, digital real estate and our social media following. So I knew that we're in a new world now and we need to tap into some of these influencers and certain activations that already have followings that not only can provide you good content, but they have a following and they can drive traffic to your event. So that being said that I went to my programming person who's a bit, she's a little bit younger, uh, very in tune with, I guess the, all the social media stuff. Uh, like, so we have the dear wifey podcast that's going to be there uh this this year doing a live activation i'd seen some of the clips i'd watched some of the clips but i wasn't quite as familiar with all that they did and um so that was a suggestion from from her and the team so so it's it's kind of a collaboration i know that was probably a long way of saying sometimes it's me sometimes it's other people uh but that's that's in essence the way it typically uh works Okay, and I'm gonna need you to practice dear future. Oh, future. did I say it? Dear, dear wife, dear, dear, I'm so sorry. Dear future. See, I'm trying to help. I'm trying to help you out. I'm trying to help you okay. out. And you got what? You got one month because it's what the twentieth. So you have one month to remember to put that word future in there. Yeah, yeah, I gotta remember that. Dear future wifey, sorry, Latarius. There you go. Think about it as a single person and what you would want to tell your future wife that you're working on. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. So just to close out for anyone, because, you know, a lot of times people, whenever they're listening to podcasts, they're driving or they're on the treadmill, whatever it is. So can you tell us again, the, where the website any of the social media handles, how they can get tickets, what they can get tickets to, like give them all the information about the big event that you guys are having next month. So texasblackexpo.com. Go there. Um, you can click on the big old banner up front for the summer celebration. That'll take you to the event website. 
Um, Friday is our coffee and conversation. That's our business development series. It's called, we're kicking off a program and initiative that we're doing called Entrepreneurship Through Acquisition. There are a lot of folk with corporate backgrounds that want to start a business. They're probably going to start selling t-shirts out the trunk like me, but they may buy a franchise or buy a business, which is something that a lot of us don't do. So we're going to teach people how to value businesses and to be able to purchase business. So it's a franchise summit. So we're going to talk about franchising. We're going to have representatives from from all kinds of franchises there to talk about financing and picking the right franchise. That's, I think, $37 or $47, but the price is at TexasBlackExpo.com. Corporate Awards Luncheon with Maddie Johnson. Tickets are $350. A table is $2,750. VIP table is $4,500. And you get uh, free admission to uh, meet and greet Magic Johnson as well. That night, we have our professional networking mixer. We're doing in partnership with the uh, HDX Millennials at the Marriott Marquis. Then Saturday and Sunday, both days of the Expo, Saturday is 10 to 6, Sunday is 12 to 6. We have a health stage. We have a kid zone, inflatables, all kinds of fun activities for kids. And then the lineup, I'm going to try to remember on Saturday, we got a youth program. And I think at 11, 12 o'clock is the business of hip hop. Uh, about 1.30 is the game day real estate investment uh, forum. I want to say 3 o'clock is Black Women and Money. So it's going to be a whole session dealing with women. We got Cheryl Swoops and a few others coming. And then we have a session on digital marketing and social media and how to build your brand using that and even a session on chat GPT. Uh, that night, we have an event called Evolution of Business, Hip Hop and Culture at Groove. So it's going to be a nice little social event, otherwise known as a party, uh, with a performance by Lil Kiki uh, Hatta. So it's going to be a really upscale event for business professionals to hang out with some of our uh, hip hop icons as well. And then on Sunday, we're going to have the Urban Trivia Activation at the Expo followed by the Dear Wifey, Dear Future Wifey uh, pop-up live, and then a live, um, the Black Money Tree podcast, which is the podcast that we do. All of the stuff that takes place at the Georgia R. Brown Convention Center is free. So that Saturday and Sunday, all of that's free. Uh, you got to go to the website, register on our Eventbrite page, and um and then the event on that Saturday night is also a ticketed event. And the blackmoneytree.com is our, I guess, our developmental part of our uh, educational component to Expo. So you go to YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast, you can find all kinds of interviews with me and Ron DeVoe, Rashawn McDonald, all kinds of folk, um, people talking about real estate investment. Ron DeVoe has a real estate company. A lot of people don't know that. And uh, we also have online educational products. So if you're interested in getting into real estate, uh, real estate investing business, I have a four series course that I have there. We have books. I've written four books on, on wealth development, leadership, entrepreneurship. All of that's available at the blackmoneytree.com. So and of course, our social media handles, texasblackexpo.com, the black money. I'm sorry, Texas Black Expo. And then the black money tree. And then, of course, me personally, Jerome the Love. Okay. I love 
that. I love that. All right. So make sure you guys are following, doing all of that. That's awesome. Also that you threw in there that the expo is free on those events for so for some people who maybe not can't pay for the <laughs> the luncheon or whatever. You can still get some knowledge. That's the whole point of what Jerome is doing is to share the wealth, is to reach back to give to the community and and have these tools in place for you for whatever it is that you're trying to do so that you know that everything is obtainable for you and whatever your visionary uh, ideas are in your head also. So thank you so much, Jerome, for sharing that. I can't wait to see you guys at the Texas Black Expo. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure and we look forward to having you. Thank you, thank you. Okay, don't hang up. 